Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Michael Drake. Mike is the author of the best-selling book, Victory Lap Retirement, Retirement Heaven or Hell, Which Will You Choose?, and Longevity Lifestyle by Design. Along with being an author, Mike is an award-winning blogger and public speaker and has made appearances on BNN, CBC Radio, and iHeartRadio. He is a 38-year veteran of the financial services industry and lives in Toronto, Canada. Welcome, Mike. How are you today? Well, I just got to get my heart rate down every after that introduction. But I warned no, you, though. I did warn yes, you. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But no, I'm very, very happy to be here. I love talking to people that that get it, that understand where I'm coming from. And, you know, just having talked to you, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to. It's going to be. It's going to be great. So it's nice to have you. So let's start by telling us what motivated you to become an author and a speaker on retirement issues. That's the interesting story because um, when I first, I was forced into retirement really, but you know, to be honest, I wanted to leave my banking job anyways, because the stress was getting to me. And um, I was really surprised because I almost immediately started to fail at it. I wasn't having fun. <laughs> uh, and I started suffering from retirement shock. I couldn't understand it because uh, you know, I, I, I knew money well, you know, being in the bank and my wife, as a matter of fact, she's an investment advisor. So she, she helps people save for retirement and things right. like that. And, uh, it had nothing to do with money. I had enough to retire comfortably, but it was all this other stuff that I wasn't aware about. And it was causing me a lot of problems. And I was really scared because I had watched my father suffer from retirement shock for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I saw how bad it could be. And I had a good friend die from it, as a matter of fact. Now, he ended up drinking himself to death because he he isolated himself from his friends and things like that. And uh, it cost him dearly. And because of those experiences, I thought back to my own job in, in the bank. I used to I work with a lot of small business owners. And many of them became my friends and whatnot. And more than one occasion, I would see a small business owner sell their business and retire with a lot of money mm-hmm. and just be miserable. And some of them didn't last that long. And I said, wow, this is a big problem. And it kind of scared me, but I didn't understand it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and I had no one to talk to, which was very frustrating, Terry, because, you know, I would talk to my friends, I would talk to my wife, and they couldn't understand why I was feeling that way. Because they automatically thought, how can Mike be unhappy because he doesn't have to work anymore? And the truth was- Work is so important to us. Like people don't realize how important work is. So even in retirement, if you're not going to work a job, you have to volunteer, you have to do something to bring that back into your life because we need that stability. 
Yes, and I, I didn't realize mm-hmm. how important that was. Right. Because no one told me. <laughs> and I I went out at the time trying to figure things out. I got my hand on every retirement book written, I think. Mm-hmm. And I read them all, and I was so frustrated because all they talked about was money. Right. That's None so- of them talked. Yeah. Yep. None of them talked about, well, here's what you can do with the rest of your life. Because that's what I wanted to know. I want to know why was I feeling that way and how could I turn things around because it wasn't good for me. Right. And, you know, it just increased the frustration, you know, more and more all the time until one day I said, okay, I got to deal with this thing. I'm really going to focus on it. I started doing my own research. I started talking to um, a lot of successful retirees. I started talking to a lot of people that were failing at retirement. And I started to put it together and I said, okay, I finally get it. I understand now. And, um, you know, it was funny. It was all connected to work really. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that although near the end of my career, I didn't like my job because it was stressful. There were a lot of positive attributes attached to it that I never considered at all. Right. And, and there's uh, so much socialization along with work, too. You go in yeah, and you're, yeah. you're seeing other people. They're your family, your friends. And once you're cut off from that, if you don't replace it, you're lost like you were. That's right. So, you know, yeah, I could, I could, you know, knock them down one at a time. And sure, socialization, my work friends, they were like a part of my extended family. I yep. spent a lot of time with them right. over many, many years. They were gone. And then this the reason to get out of bed in the morning. Well, my job was my purpose. My, I went to work to make money so I could take care of my family and save some money for retirement. That was my big purpose. Right. right. But when that's taken away from you, like it was in my case, or you decide to retire, you need something to retire too. You need to find new purpose. No one told me about that. People just talked about, hey, you need a big pile of money. Right. That's what you need. Believe it or not, though, there are a lot of coaches now that are jumping in and talking about that. They don't deal with any of the finances. They're just dealing with the other issues about retirement. Because whoever thought you could fail at retirement, if you say that to a young person, they'll go, what are you talking about failing at retirement? There's no such thing. You just go home and relax and they have no idea. Like you didn't. You had no clue that that was going to kick in and affect you the way it did. And it was hard. And like I said, I saw it in many, many other people. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it in very successful people yes. uh, that would retire. And within a short period of time, they were miserable as anything. Yep. Even though they had a lot of money on the, you know. Yeah, you know, behind them. And I said, well, this is crazy. Retirement's not supposed to be like this. No one warned me about this. And uh, that's why I felt the need to write the book because I wanted to warn people and educate them. But not everyone's going to be impacted by retirement like I was because there's different types of retirees, right? I think the more successful you were in your job, the harder it is to transition. I remember seeing an uncle of mine. This was way back in the 60s. He owned a very successful restaurant. He sold the restaurant and retired, and he was dead within three years. I mean, that that happened a lot. 
was his baby. He had grown it from nothing to being very successful. And once he didn't have that, he didn't know how, and this was the 60s, so you really didn't know how to replace it back then. So I saw it, even back then I knew that that's what killed him, losing the business. Yeah, and now we're connecting the dots, you yep. see? Yep. We're looking back and we're saying, oh, my friend Frank there, wow, he had a miserable time. Why did that happen? Right. And you start thinking it through, right? right? And just like you, I know business owners that died within a short time of selling their businesses yep. because that was their life. That was their, their purpose. Life. Yep. Yeah. And then after that, they couldn't find anything that would satisfy them in the same fashion. Right. And it cost them dearly. Yep. And again, that's why I felt the need to write the book. And it's a, it's a funny story because... I would get up. I I never wrote before. I had no clue how to do it, and uh, I would get. I would. I had so much passion for it because I was feeling it. And, and one thing is, throughout my life, I don't know why I'm wired this way. I feel a strong need to help others, mm -hmm. to help people that are struggling. It's always been part of me. So that's what drove me too. So I would get up at four thirty in the morning, and start writing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't set a clock. It just like something went off inside my head. So it's time to get up and start writing. Right. And when you write before you have your first cup of coffee that early in the morning, you're not writing from your head. You're writing from your, your soul. Right. Right. And so I'd be writing away and then, you know, I'd shut it down. The next day I do the same thing. And I did that for many, many months because I'm a slow writer. And then I sent the draft of the book into my editor. I need an editor because I'm not good. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs an editor. It doesn't matter. Everybody, every author I ever talked to, they all have sometimes more than one editor to really fine tune it. So oh, yeah. you're fine. It needed a lot of polishing. But it's, it's what I believe, right? It right. was my thoughts, my truth. Right. So I sent her the book. And I'll never forget, a week later, she gave me a call. And she was really excited, almost yelling at the phone on me. And she goes, wow. do you know what you've done? Wow. I said, yeah, I wrote a retirement book. And she goes, no, you wrote a retirement book about not retiring. Right. And when I, well, when I heard that, I went, oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's going to buy a book about not retiring. <laughs> And, but I decided, you know what, it's what I really believe. And, uh, I think it would help, uh, people like me. Right. So I still went through with it and I went through the cost of getting it published and whatnot. I'll never forget the first talk I gave to a group of about a hundred people and learning the public speak was another story. We could another, go oh yeah, that's a whole nother story. Uh, it was, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I had terrible stage fright for years and years, <laughs> but because of the passion for this project and my need to help people help right. get me through it. But I gave this talk to a hundred people, I'll never forget. I couldn't sleep the night before because I thought everyone was going to boo me. Right. Because I'm trying to tell people, don't retire. Keep working. It's good for you. Right. And uh, I gave the talk, and instead of booze, they, I got applause. See? Yeah. And it just, it, it just, you know, reinforced and proved to me there's a lot of people out there that really don't want to retire. They just right. want some direction on what to do with the rest of their lives. And that could right. be part-time or hurt. And Whatever. what we want is more freedom. So we don't want to work every day. We might not want to work 40 hours, but we do need to work. So we we have to figure out 
How much do I want to work? What What's my passion today? And so there is a lot of figuring out to do, but you never want to totally retire because that's it. Look at some of the famous actors that work like Betty White was almost 100 when she died and she was working up till the end. Because she loved what she did. And there's Absolutely. so many people. Yep. You look like a somewhat like Warren Buffett. I think he's 98 or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So much money, but he does it because it's fun for him. It's interesting. Yeah. It keeps him going. Yeah. Authors are the same way. Same way. Uh, but it doesn't have to be paid work. It could be volunteer work, something that you have passion Absolutely. for. Absolutely. And for people like me, the givers, like find it some way of giving back and helping others. Wow. It's, it's even, you know, better than earning money because it's that personal satisfaction. When you help someone else, it makes you feel good. Right? Absolutely. And so these are, are the things that we need to rethink. And again, another reason for the book. But I learned a lot writing those books. Right. That's great. And, you know, um, I think boomers, some of us have to work. Like I did not plan financially, so I don't have a lot of money to retire with. But I've got my podcast and I'm happy. And what I did is I was doing real estate for like the last 18 years. I'm still doing a little bit until I get my house sold and move to Florida. But um, I knew that I didn't want to do that once I retired. So I had to think, well, what else do I want to do? I always wanted to be a public speaker, which is funny because you were afraid of it. That was my thing. I wanted to be an inspirational speaker when I was younger, but it just never happened. So um, I had cancer when I was 66 and I started listening to a lot of different podcasts. I'd be out walking because exercise is also key in retirement or anything. So I was listening to podcasts and then all of a sudden the bell went off and I thought, well, I can do this. I love to talk. I love talking with people. I'll just do an interview podcast. So that, so I started it three years ago. So that when I'm down in Florida, retired, and I'm not doing real estate, I have a reason to get up and think about and be with people. And so I did give it some thought ahead of time. And my podcast isn't monetized yet, but if I actually need the money, I can. So we'll see how things go when I'm in Florida. But, you know, I thought I did think about it ahead of time because of my uncle dying after like a couple of years and I saw right. other people not doing well. And I thought, well, I've got to have something ready to go. My husband's not doing well because he didn't think about what I want to do. So he is having a very hard time letting go. He was a contractor. He did beautiful woodworking. He built cabinets. He, he did some amazing things. But now that he can't do that, again, he's feeling worthless. Even though I tell him that's not true, yep. he, he can't figure out how to get something else to make him feel good again. Yeah, and you know that's a struggle for many, many people. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think retirement shock that we some people experience. I think it's as high as one in three retirees, but it's hard to get a, a good handle on the number because guys, right. you don't like to tell the truth. That's you don't true. like to that we're failing or suffering or feeling bad about something because we don't want to embarrass ourselves, right? That's and we never so brought up that way. So I, I believe the number is understated. I think there's a lot more people out there suffering from some degree of retirement shock. And that's why it's become a mission is to go out and warn people about it, educate them about it, and, right. and have them put the pieces in place that will help them avoid that. Because retirement should be the best time of your life. 
It absolutely and, and I love what you're doing because you you thought it out. Yeah. And you I said, about Here, here's my punishment. This is what I'm going to do. Exactly. I, I'm so happy for you. I'm very and happy. it gave me that second chance to use my voice because I always felt like my voice was my strong point. So I love writing, but I don't feel I'm good at that. But I, I knew I could speak and people like to listen. So I knew that was my strong point. So, and I guess it just kind of happened because I knew I was going to need money in retirement. So how am I going to do that? So that helped me come to that idea of, oh, well, I'll do a podcast because I can monetize that. And I love it. So it kind of happened by accident, but it worked great because I'll be retired in the next six months from real estate, but I'll be able to do my podcast and I'll be down in the villages. So I'll have lots of social contacts because that's another thing you need once you retire. You have to stay social with people. The other key to being social is you need um, friends of all ages because otherwise you went as you age and your friends age and they start dying off or going into homes. Now you're by yourself and you don't have anybody and now you're going to go downhill. So you really do need friends of all ages to keep you active and involved. Well, that I, I agree, and that's why you know I wrote a chapter on this called "Tribes Find Your Tribe." Yeah, and uh, you know I've I've have multiple tribes I belong to, and yes, it, there's many different ages in there, Good. and that's a key component of it because you know they teach us things and we learn things from you know they learn things from us and it keeps me going and the energy levels are much higher. And so, no, I really enjoy it. And it's so important. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, this thing, you got a good handle on it. Right? Yeah. I've got a good handle. My husband doesn't, but I do, but you know, I try to help him, but you know, some people don't want to be helped. So you do your best. Maybe when we get to Florida, he'll be able to change things out because there's lots of things he might be able to do down there. He's an excellent cook. He could teach cooking lessons because he's really good. So, um, plus he's good at doing things like stained glass and painting. So I think when we get down there, he might get involved in other things that make him feel good because yeah, plus have him, have him download my free book and oh, that will, okay. well, because that will explain all these things that he's feeling. Right. And yeah, he just has to find something that clicks. And I, I have a process in the book. It's really interesting. I don't know if you heard about it. It's called Ikigai. No. And it's. It's, oh, you got to have a, a look at it because it's a process I used and I, I use it with clients to say, okay, let's match your purpose to your passion, to what you could do going forward to make a little money or do it, you know, volunteer work or whatnot. Right. It's a simple process, but it works. And when, once it kicks in, these are, these are people I refer to as late bloomers. Like you're a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. I right. became an author. You're a podcaster. We're playing to our strengths and we're having a lot of fun. Right. And that's what we want to help people with is say, okay, what, what could you do that would make you happy and maybe make you a little bit of money or whatever you right. need? And uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting. I love hearing stories about late bloomers. So hearing what you do, it's just wonderful. And knowing there's the upside there for your husband once he right. figures it out. Once he figures it out, yep. Yeah, it's really good. And there's a lot of um, 
There's a lot of people on LinkedIn that teach this. There's a lot of women that have uh, courses on retirement and how to find that passion and how to do that. And of course, all the books, there's more and more books now too. You started that and now more people are jumping in talking about retirement, not just financial because financial is a whole different thing. And if you wait till you retire to figure out the financial part, you're probably not going to get it done. Yeah. And you know, you don't want to waste time. This is the problem. Right. And my concern is I don't want people to waste prime retirement time struggling and suffering from retirement shock. I want them to hit the ground running. I want them to have a, a game plan, a vision for what they want to do and right. start executing on that. But to get there, you want to do this planning about two to five years before you actually retire. Like yeah. you did, you were smart saying, I okay. Did. I did, yep. What I don't can know. I do? I don't know how I knew to do it, but I just kind of instinctively knew I had to do something else. So what is it? Now, we have a realtor in the area who's like in her late 80s and she's still doing real estate, but I knew I had other passions. So I didn't want to stay in real estate. If you love what you do, fine, just cut back on your hours, but stay out there. But if you don't and you have another passion, then do that. Or if you can't stay in the industry you're in, because some of them don't want older people working there. So if you can't stay in your industry, then you do need to find another passion. That's right. And you know what? It just takes time, but you know, it's possible. And a lot of people do it and they experience great retirements. And, And notice again, we're not talking about money. We're talking about purpose and passion. Yes. Right. Yes. Personal interest and things like that. What I'm trying to do, and this is going to be very difficult, is I'm trying to convince the financial services industry mm-hmm. that their people, like their financial planners or their advisors, should step up the plate and give more direction to their clients. Yes. To say, okay, I'm going to help you with the money side, and we got that covered off. Right. But. I'm going to talk to you about the non-financial challenges you're going to be experiencing and make sure you're prepared for that. Right. And so that's what we're trying to do is say, okay, well, here it is in the book. So you read the books first then give it to your clients so you can have this conversation and make sure they're prepared and make sure they they can, you know, uh, you know, avoid retirement shock and make sure they get hit the ground running like you did. Your plan's beautiful. I love it. You yeah. know, I love hearing about it. And yep. uh, so that's the goal, but it's going to be hard because uh, banks are big boats to turn around and get them to buy into it. But no they one don't want be- change. They don't like change, uh, but it's important. Like if each one of those handed your book to their client, that's all they really have to do. Get them started thinking. That there is another part of retirement I have to think about. That's all. And then they'll start thinking about it. That's right. And then they'll start asking questions, hopefully. And then what they'll do is they'll design a lifestyle, retirement lifestyle that they want based on what their passion is and their vision. Then they can go back to their advisor and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And here's what it's going to cost me. Do I have enough money to support it? So to me, that makes financial planning more wholesome it makes more sense to me because how can you have a plan if you don't know what you're going to do in retirement how much it's going to cost right you? it's just so one-sided and i don't know why we didn't see it earlier it took the boomers to figure this out because our generations before that they never never lived this long like boomers are the first generation that could live to 100 a lot of us 
So right. we have to figure it out. But our parents, some of them did, some of them didn't. So they didn't have to figure out, but we do. We That's why I said, if I'm going to live till 90, I can't just retire in my 70s and sit around. What am I going to do? I knew it was important to keep active, keep busy, keep your mind engaged. I knew all that. So that's kind of how I came up with my plan. Great retirement coach, Terry. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what uh, you know. What frustrates me is when I see these retirement commercials on TV, mm-hmm. and it's always about the couple on the beach or a couple right. playing golf, uh, you know, or on a, a yacht in the Caribbean sailing around. No one lives like that in retirement. No, no one. So why did they do that? You know, they should be talking about finding new purpose and things like that. Reinventing yourself because you got a way to go. Right. And like you said, you're going to sit on the sidelines for maybe 20, 30 years. That's not kill you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've talked to a lot of authors that are starting to write in their retirement. So they've never written before, but now, and some of them are doing novels, things like that. And others are doing self-help books, but that's something else that any boomer can do. And even if you write a book that doesn't go anywhere, but you write down your experiences and you leave it behind for your family, that's okay too. It doesn't have to be published. Write a book about what you've done in your life because my kids are always like, oh my God, I never heard that story before I did. So we're starting to tape a lot of stories about my husband and myself when we were younger so that later on the kids can hear them again because we've sent them off and on, but then they forget because both of us have very interesting stories. My husband was a merchant marine before we met and got married. He lived in Germany. I met him over there. I married him. I came back here. So we both have like lots of interesting stories. And sometimes we think the kids have heard them, but they haven't. So when I have a little bit more time, I want to start recording stories for the kids. So, uh, you know, and that's something any retirement retired person can do. Just get your, your phone, your iPhone and start recording things that your kids might not know about you that are interesting. There's so much we can do in that once we're gone, it can't be passed on. Start thinking about passing on that right now. Well, I have a great story for you. I have a friend, Tina, she's going to turn 94, mm-hmm. but you know, she's been watching me write these books for a number of years. And, you know, one day she said, well, I'm going to write my own book. <laughs> and she was in her nineties, but you know, oh, she has to write it in Italian because she can't write in English. And that's okay. They have transcription things that'll translate it. No problem. I know. So I said, you know what, if you write the book, I'll have it translated and we'll have it printed. Right. right. I didn't think she would do it. But every day she took her pad of paper and she started right. She finished it. See? And it's a beautiful story. But she's telling stories back from World War II when she lived in Italy, yeah. Mussolini and all that, and how she she was slightly injured while on a train that was it was bombed and like all these stories and a colorful life about immigrating to Canada from Italy and Yep. And go through all that of her husband. Wonderful stories, but you know, and she did it though. And she just See, had love the that. passion love for that. telling the story, right? Yes. And she, yeah. It's and see, my grandmother wrote a book when she was probably in her 80s, I think, 
Um, and because she was over in Germany during World War II, my mother, who had already immigrated, was here. So they were separated and weren't really together. But she hid a Jewish woman and her daughter for over a year and almost got taken away by the government to uh, wow. a camp. So she wrote this book, a beautiful, beautiful story. She wasn't a writer, but she just wrote it for family. And she actually had it published. It's a really little book, but it tells about those hard times during the war. We all got our copies. It's wonderful. So even if you just do that for your family, how wonderful is that? Yeah, and it gives you purpose, you see. And I tell you, writing a book like that where you're you're bringing back old memories and right. these feelings, and you put them on paper it's really powerful it is so, powerful no it's 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 really good so i don't care what your age that proves it in her 90s she started writing a book i think that's wonderful oh, yeah. so, just, you're never you know, too old you're yeah and, and it's never too late no and you can learn a lot from from older people Absolutely. from their experiences and their common sense Absolutely. I wish today they they were taking charge of things. They have no, the younger ones don't have any common sense. They just don't. I don't know why, but they just don't. <laughs> Times have changed and yeah, they just take their cue from social media and that's not it. I always looked up to my grandmother and my mother who had hard lives, but they were fascinating women. They lived great lives. And I always... Um, I talk about them a lot because I don't want anyone to forget what women like that did for us. So, and I hope my kids do the same for me. And, and you know, I've been thinking along the same uh, uh, lines. It's, it's so important, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I had something I wanted to say, and now I forget. Oh, so I'm really uh, I'm really concerned about the stress for you know us and kids and prolonged exposure to stress. And I said, well, I got to change things around because I'm starting to get a little negative here. It feels like my values are being pounded all the time. And I'm going, this is crazy. So I said, okay, number one, I'm going to cancel my newspaper subscriptions that I've had for years and years. Yeah, I was getting mad too because the newspaper delivery guy was bringing them late every day. <laughs> I think he was getting a little late. He thought, like, okay, no more newspapers. And I'm cutting down watching CNN and MSNBC and all that. No news. It's all negative. And then I said, okay, when I go to Italy this year, I'm not going to bring my my phone with me. So I said, I'm not going to get, you know, emails, forget it, news updates. I I don't care. I'm leaving that at all. But I made a mistake because then I couldn't tell what the weather was going to be like. Right. right. I couldn't use Google Maps. Right. And I (laughs) take so many pictures pictures when I travel. Yeah. That's why I bring my phone. Yeah. So, I mean, you can ignore the emails and all. And you don't have to pick any of that up. Block that. But yeah, the the Google Maps, because I went to uh, Rome with my daughter and to uh, Spain. We went to, um, oh, I can't remember the city, Barcelona. And Google Maps was so helpful. I mean, we got around with no problem. (laughs) And I love your, I love Italy. I I think it's just such a wonderful place. The, you know, the pace that people live on. 
the importance they they place on taking care of their elders, their parents, Absolutely. and things like that. You don't see any uh, retirement homes in Italy, do you? No, no, they wouldn't right. dare. They wouldn't dare. No, it's a no. whole different world out there. And I, I just like the pace that they, you know, they work and live at. It's just very yes. comfortable. Right. And that's what I'm trying to bring more and more over here to say we need to live like this because we're working too hard. Oh, my my kids work way too hard, way too many hours. I say the younger generation is being killed. They are working 40 to 80 hours a week. They bring home, work home with them. What is this? We never brought work home. Now, because of computers, they have to work on weekends at night. It's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm concerned you're going to get burned out. Me too. And uh, once that happens, uh, you know, it's going to be hard because you lose your health. It's very difficult to get it back. You lose your health. And I'm talking mental, physical here too, right? Right. So as a matter of fact, that's my new book project is I'm working on a new kind of life model Mm -hmm. that kids could fall because I'm scared for them. I'm concerned about them. Me so I solved that retirement problem. Now I'm <laughs> going to try to help them with that. Because I, you know, I, I was giving a seminar, a retirement seminar, and I was talking about, you know, how life works for boomers. Right. And uh, what the solution would be. And then a young lady came up and said, well, can you tell me what it looks like for me? And I went, oh, my God, like, I don't want to do this because it doesn't look very good. Right. And, right. and I was embarrassed by that. And, uh, you know, I've lost sleep over that. And I said, no, you know, I'm going to tell them what it looks like from right. my perception, but I'm going to give them a solution for it. Good. So that's what I've been working on. And that, that will probably be my last book, hopefully, because I want to do, I want to go fishing more. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You have to do what you love more of when you're retired. You really have to. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny, but the Italians really, even the ones here, they have it down pat. I have an Italian friend who every Sunday you go to your mom's for dinner. That's just it. You must be there. So they stick together. They live in the same area. They don't move out of state and somewhere else. They live within a couple of miles of their parents. They're there all the time. There's this constant socialization with your family. I don't have that. All my kids live far away. Two of them live out of state. No, three of them live out of state. Only one lives in Pennsylvania, and she's an hour away, and she's the one that works 80 hours a week. So when does she have time to see me? Not that much. But the exactly. Italians really work hard to keep their families together. They have that Sunday dinner. Um, they just they, they do all the holidays together. They just work really hard to make sure family comes first. So I really applaud the Italian people for that. I'm German, and the Germans don't work as hard to do that. They just don't. But well, they go independent, and that's what, what you know our kids are doing too. We're teaching them: we got to be independent. You have yeah, to move yeah, out. Yeah, not know. No. And it puts so much pressure on them. Yeah. One of the the positive that I saw during the pandemic was that families got closer together. Yes. And so the kids would be there, and they'd say, "Oh, we're under pressure," and then the grandparents would step up and say, "Hey, we'll take care of the grandkids." Right. We'll homeschool them. We'll make sure when you come home from work, there's going to be you know, a nice meal on the table. Why not take some of the pressure off? And it was nice to see that. Yeah. And it made, it made the grandparents feel really good because it gave them new purpose too. They yeah. were contributing again. They had a new identity, right? right. They weren't right. retired anymore. They were teachers and they were supporters and things like that so we we can turn these things around but we need to think about it we need yeah. to execute 
We do need to think about it because when I was in Germany in the 70s, when I met my husband, most of the families lived very close together. My husband's mother lived on the first floor. Her uh, her oldest son lived on the second floor. And my husband, because he was a merchant marine, didn't really have a place, but he would have been on the third floor. Had we married and stayed there, we would have had the third floor apartment, his older brother, the second floor, his mom, the first floor. So everybody's connected. And we probably all would have had dinner together every night because his mom yeah. would have cooked for all of us. And if uh, we were busy working, she would have mended the clothes and done all kinds of other things. So she felt very needed all the time. And that's the way it was. But it's not that way anymore with the younger generation of Germans. They they want to be independent like the Americans. And they, they don't live as far away, but they don't live together anymore as a whole. So No, but I, I can see that trend turning back a little bit. Yeah, and I it's hope so. It's a function of economics and, and um, mental yes. health, too. Because we're, think- we're finding out. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work because who wants to work 80 hours a week just to get by? Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's going to end up killing you. Absolutely. And that's where you see drug problems and divorces and all kinds of things like marriage. You know, it's terrible. Absolutely. And it's because it's of the stress. And that's, that's what really concerns me. But a thing that really also bothered me was this loss of identity. Yes. And because I... I really don't like when people refer to me as being retired because that doesn't mean anything to me, right? Right. Uh, you know, I don't care if they call me an author, but yeah, that's what I do. I write books or I blog or I right. do public speaking, but no, I'm not retired. But other people wear it as a badge of honor. They love being referred to as right. retired. Hey, I'm a winner. I made it to the retirement finishing line. I'm never going to work again. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But that's right. not me. That's not me. It's not going to work for me. It's different for everyone, whatever makes you happy. But if you're not happy doing nothing, you've got to find a passion to fill that because it will keep you healthy and alive. You'll live into your 90s. Without it, you'll be dead soon. You just will. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So tell my audience where they can find your books and uh, where they can connect with you if they'd like to. Okay, so uh, they can connect to me on LinkedIn. Okay. Or they can visit uh, my friend Susan's website, boomingencore.com. Okay. And if they go there, they can download a free version of our book, Longevity Lifestyle by Design. Uh, the reason I made it uh, available for free to people is because I know there's a big problem out there and I wanted to help people. I didn't want them to end up in retirement hell like I did. And so it talks about retirement shock. It tells you why it happens, how you can avoid it. And there's a a couple of chapters on retirement lifestyle design, which is very important because everyone's unique. You have to design a lifestyle that will work for you. And then I had some other, my friends, contributors, uh, you know, I, you know, I said, look, I'm writing this retirement book and it's going to be really good, but you know, could you contribute your best thoughts on retirement? So, uh, you know, five of them stepped up to the plate and they did, and we put it in the book and we said, okay, here it is. It's free. So don't come crying to me if you're having a problem with retirement. And my goal is to have it downloaded uh, a million times. Oh, that was you know, great. The goal I set for myself, but I thought it'd be fun, you know, right. chasing after that. And now instead of writing for money books, I'm going to go on the speaking tour and I'm going to do free seminars for like 
nonprofit groups, unions, church groups, anyone that's interested in retirement and wants to learn more, right. they can just contact me and we could set up a thing. But I think that's what I'm going to do going forward. Uh, that will be my volunteer uh, focus and it's similar to what you're doing with the podcast. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. It gives me an opportunity to talk to a lot of people and uh, hopefully help a lot of them too. So that's the plan. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it will. You'll enjoy it. You'll be out meeting and greeting with people. And once I'm in Florida, I'm going to have some live podcast as well. And I'll be doing some event type things where I invite boomers to come. And then I'll have speakers like you come and talk to us. So I'll be doing a lot more of that once I'm only doing the podcast and I get to Florida. So yeah, you got to just keep doing what you love, but you've got to have enough time for rest and relaxation as well. Because we only yeah. need to yeah. rest. So that's the important balance. You got to balance everything. So, well, that's it. And that's what I, you know, we talked about this is what I've been struggling with is the balance because I love fishing. I want to fish more and it relaxes me. So I'm changing the mix, even with the public speaking, I'm going to be doing webinars so I, I can avoid all this traveling. That's a good uh, idea. Yep. Well, yep. it just makes it easier for me. So, uh, it does. and yet I, I can still have the same impact. Yes. Yes. So I'm excited about that. Well, I love that. So I encourage my audience to go to Susan's website. I will have that in the show notes. So if you can't write it down right now, go back to the show notes. It'll be there. Download the book. It's really, really helpful. Pass it on to other people too. Tell them where the website is. Let them download their copy, especially ones that haven't quite retired yet. This would be so much easier for them to read the book and start thinking about it early. So, absolutely. So important, Carrie. I'm glad you said that. We can't say it enough. Yeah. Is that, you know, retirement is more complicated than people think. Absolutely. And you have to put thought and homework into it and best to do that before you actually retire. And I'm, I'm so happy to see the work you're doing. I can see you're so excited about it and you're yep. going to have a great future and uh, all the best of luck to you we need more people like you terry well they're springing up more and more there's like i said there's a lot of coaches coaching people about retirement now um i've interviewed quite a few on my podcast so um there it is happening more and more which is important so we it's need because there's a yeah. Sorry, there's a growing need for it. You know, growing more and more absolutely. people are retiring and more and more people are struggling. Yes. And we've absolutely. seen that. And they're starting to talk about it. So they're saying, well, why is this happening to me? Why didn't someone tell me about it? Why didn't no someone give me a heads up? Right. 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 Oh, my God. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a lot of fun. I know the audience is going to have fun listening and hopefully they'll take some key points and run with it and absolutely download his book because that will be helpful to you. And then let other friends that you know that haven't retired yet know the book's available for free so that they don't have to have that downtime figuring things out. They figure it out before. It's been a pleasure, Terry, believe me. Thank you, Mike. It's been great. I've loved it. Thank you. Okay, have a great day. Thank you.
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old. Looking to take your podcast to the next level with video? Are you looking to develop a podcast but don't know where to start? From recording and editing to final distribution and marketing, we can help every step of the way to make your podcast stand out and get the results it deserves. Contact us today at premierpodcastpros.com to take your podcast to the next level. 